It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. If this is the first episode that you are hearing of Daily Thunder, this, then I just need to forewarn you that this is an unusual one. And we love unusual, so, uh, but this is extra unusual. I don't even know what to call this. Uh, it was like a bonus uh, episode, but it's it's sort of fun. It's like a feedback episode, which we've never done before. So uh, let's see if I can explain it. Uh, I sent out an invite to, oh, I don't know what it was, eight to 10 different people around the world that I knew were keeping up with my uh, spiritual lessons from World War One series. And that was important because there's a lot of people listening to the World War One series but there's not a lot of people that can stay up. It takes a special person uh, to stay up uh, with the amount of uh, volume, uh, the output that we have during uh, a training season like this. But uh, so this group, uh, I gave them a list of a few questions and I just said, hey, you know, if you're staying up with this after my Wednesday episode, which was the old contemptibles, I said, uh, if you're up to date, then you can participate. And I got a I got some great feedback, guys. I think you're going to really enjoy this. And so uh, we're going to go through just a, a series of questions. And uh, they're going to, on the first question, they're going to introduce themselves, and then they're going to answer uh, the the question. And it's just delightful. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I do want to uh, express my gratitude for those of you that did participate. And for those of you that are a little offended that you didn't get the invite to participate, I also want to deal with that. Uh, at the end, I, I'm going to give you an email that if you want to participate in something like this moving forward, because I'm just thinking if this works, we should keep doing it. And I'm thinking like for Nathan's series Soul Drift, if there's any of you that are staying up with that, then then this could be a fun thing to do for that. And then future on into the uh, the ever-deepening saga of World War One, we could do it again. And if you're interested in that, I'd love to uh, invite you to join in on the fun. So without further ado, uh, let's jump in. Uh, this first question, what has been your favorite episode in the World War I series so far and why? My name is James Flood and I'm from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Well, I think prior to episode eight, I would have had a little bit of a hard time knowing how to answer this, but... After episode eight, uh, it was really easy. The old contemptibles. <laughs> I've been going through a season of life with a lot of big change. Uh, and prior to it, spiritual warfare and, and trials and uh, opposition and all these things had been something that God had worked a lot of joy and tenacity in. But in this new season, really, I'd gotten to this place of starting to describe things as, as just very heavy, uh, weighty, and having a, uh, we can get through it, but that, that joy, that excitement for the fight was missing, and the old contemptibles, that, that description of, of the readiness for war, the motivation for war, the, the thoughts of, of how we approach war, just, it, it worked this stirring in my soul. I have a I have a note in my, my journal that I wrote down that I thought I'd just read because I think it really captures what God was doing. Um, I wrote this as I was listening to the episode. God is wiping away my hesitance, finally. That old rejoicing for the war is coming back. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Humility was needed to drop the feelings of heavy that I was carrying, replaced with all joy, as James 1 says. My name is Eric Ludi, and I'm from Windsor, Colorado. Oh, wait, I'm not meant to read that. That's the example. I'm Ben Price, and I'm from Melbourne, Australia. So my favorite uh, message in the World War One series so far, I'm going to break the rules and say two, if that's okay. I'm going to say, well, number two, uh, which is realpolitik. I love the uh, pertinence of that one, just how there's a lot that can be like, this is what it really is. And there's agendas in the world, but we know uh, we have faith to believe the impossible. Uh, I could say a lot more at that, but that, that was a really uh, great one. I really enjoyed also uh, the underestimating Albert uh, message. That was fantastic. Just the second, uh, the picture in that of him being like the representative of the spirit and uh, just just love that, how, um, especially for my own life, if the enemy tries to drag the, the past up, well, I remind him that uh, I'm no longer in Adam, but I'm in Christ. So really, really love that one. My name is Jessica Mullen, and I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, dear. <laughs> I actually had to re-listen to about four messages, and I put them on double speed just to try and figure out which one was my favorite and why? I love them so much already. Um, but the one that came out on top was A Foolish Thing in the Balkans. And just that precious reminder to my soul that God is in all things. And even if those things don't look good, he uses them to his benefit and that small decisions make big impacts on the world, even if it's just in a personal sense. And seeing how in history, small decisions made a big impact on the world. And just really internalizing that question to my soul. What decisions am I making that are big or small? How are they affecting me? I really appreciated that challenge. This is Stan Fair. I'm from Texas, currently living in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. My favorite episode in the series so far is number eight, The Old Contemptibles. Now, it was a tough choice between this one and number seven, but there's just something about the battle cry of Andritzomai, that act like a man, that being strong and courageous, that biblical manhood that resonates with my soul. It's my heart's passion to see Fathers embrace their manliness, teach their sons to do the same, especially in a political culture and climate where identity issues, gender issues have become so much of a confusing time. The clarity comes through scripture of what it means to be a man, taking that, reckoning truth, and being men when we're called to be men and not being ashamed of it. That's why this was my favorite episode. My name is Leroy Jonas from Wausau, Wisconsin. I'd say my favorite message thus far in the World War I series would be a foolish thing in the Balkans. Uh, that message resonated deeply with me uh, because it really highlights the fact that you cannot give the enemy even the slightest victory in the most remote corner of your soul. Because even those seemingly tiny land forfeitures have the ability to create major losses in our uh, spiritual lives if they're left unchecked. But if I had to pick a close second episode in the World War I series, I would choose Underestimating Albert. I think listening to that and learning about who he was, 
uh, in the face of an army that was literally 10 times the size of what he had uh, in his willingness to dive in and literally be a soldier amongst his, his fellow soldiers, uh, his wife being a nurse amongst the people, uh, that speaks volumes to me as a man and as a man of God. My name is John Elkins from Brazoria, Texas. Um, I think my favorite part of the series so far in the World War I series has been uh, definitely the, the episode un Underestimating Albert. And I think the reason that is because it just resonates with me. I feel as though we all need to understand that we are not... Uh, we, we are not, we've won. Christ has gained the victory and we are underestimated by everyone, including ourselves. And we just need to grasp the power and the strength and the glory that has been put inside us to overcome sin and death in this world and to make the world a more beautiful place. Oh, the beauty of what we could do and what we could see. Oh, the change we could bring in this world if we just understood the strength that is in us because of Christ Jesus. My name is Jacob Honeybein, and I'm from Senegal, West Africa. It is difficult for me to choose a favorite because they are all very pertinent to us. But I would say my favorite episode is probably underestimating Albert. When we think about our potential and what we have in us as Christians, there's the underestimating of the enemy is very profound and very obvious when he thinks he can make us do something, especially like bribing or whatever, especially with the, considering the potential that we have in our hearts as Christians and the power and the grace that can flow through us. My name is Jenna Daniels, and I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I really enjoyed the message behind underestimating Albert. There's just something so powerful about recognizing our position in Christ and standing in that in the face of the enemy's attacks, which is why I really loved Albert's response when he hears about the utter ridiculousness of Germany's plans to just traipse through Belgium. And his response, what does he take me for, is just so punchy and robust. And I really love that Albert is not Leopold and he recognizes that. And in the same way, who we were before Christ is not who we are as a new creation in Christ. And so even though our old man may have been weak and may have given in to whatever demands the enemy put on us, in Christ, we can actually scoff at the enemy's plans to just traipse unhindered into our lives. And so I love the idea of incorporating Albert's response. What does he take me for into my own life when the enemy wants to just throw things at me and act as if I'm not going to respond. I would love for my response to be Albert's response um, and just ask, what does he take me for? Question two. What is something new that you never knew before about World War I that you've learned as you've been going through this series? Oh, I, I think I, I have to be kind of ashamed to say almost everything. <laughs> I, yeah, I think Eric started this off talking about how we think that we know a lot about these things and, re and we don't know anything. 
Yeah, that's 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 unfortunately me. Um, yeah, m most of the things, <laughs> most most of the history talked about in this series are things that I did not know about World War One. Um, I think probably uh, the standout for me that is the greatest takeaway was King Albert the first of Belgium. Um, what a character. Yeah, uh, I, I think in the episode, Eric described King Albert as a cross between Winston Churchill, or I, I guess it was the, the book uh, that he was quoting from, a cross between Winston Churchill and Theodore Roosevelt. And that was a, a wake up and I started really listening about this guy and, and what, what a what a character in, in history. Um, so, but yeah, just about everything, <laughs> just about all the historical details from World War I were, were new to me so far. So it's even a really solid history lesson, even though it's not meant to be that way. Well, I guess it might be, you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, some, a lot of learnt about World War I in this uh, series. So much. It's, the, the thing that stood out for me was learning about I guess the formation of Germany as a nation coming out of Prussia and wasn't really overly familiar with that and how that became very quickly this evil superpower that in two world wars, but fascinating to see how it, it just started like that. Uh, didn't, didn't really know that. So that, that was really interesting. Oh my, I feel like I'm learning so much. I love history in general, but I will say I only got a, a skimming, I will say, of World War One history. And so to be diving down into the deeper parts and the different pockets of different countries in this series, I am thoroughly enjoying it. But I will say I do have a favorite person that's popped up, and that is King Albert of Belgium. Um, just his attitude and his courage as a king, the position he takes alongside his people, um, his queen as well, and just the heart of the Belgian people. If we be crushed, let it be crushed gloriously, or something to that effect, I'm paraphrasing it. Um, I just really loved that, and that was very impactful. And I look forward to learning, hopefully, more about them and other things like that in this series. Something new that I learned from the series was the role of Belgium, and specifically Albert I. How he did not follow the path of Leopold, who could be easily bought, but he stood up to Germany, stood up to the bully, wouldn't take the money, and chose honor and courage over cowardice and financial gain. Uh, really an inspirational story. I guess I didn't realize all the intricate details that caused the dominoes to fall uh, and bring the whole world into conflict. Uh, it's eye-opening to think that even in an age when the quote-unquote connectedness of social media was completely vacant and, and not even a thing, the interdependence and connectivity was already in play. That to me is crazy that even with the slow communications and different things like that, Everyone was very connected, and all it took was one small event to make it all blow up. I don't think I ever fully realized the role that France played in World War I. 
Um, just the fact that they're constantly there and that there's this underlying tension between France and Germany and, and even the point where Germany is standing against Russia and has this force on one side and they have to negotiate with Britain and France to try and kind of uh, subdue France so that they only have to fight a war on one front. I did not know much about the tensions in Europe before the war i didn't realize that germany was boiling to to make a name for itself and to show that they were more powerful and the superior race i knew that came out a bit in world war ii but i didn't realize it had started before world war one another thing if i could have two things that i didn't know before uh, listening to this series i didn't know that there was a second treaty of versailles I had heard of the first Treaty of Versailles, which technically is the second that I had only known about. But before that, when Germany defeated the France and they took the um, the territory between them for themselves, that was an interesting fact I had not heard before. Something that was highlighted that I hadn't really realized before so, like, maybe I'd heard it in elementary school as a child, but I didn't really care much about those sort of things back then. But what I've come to understand is that World War I really did create a shift in how things were done both militarily and also governmentally in the world. So there were a lot of old world patterns that were basically turned on their heads. And now, instead of polite and civil battles, there was trench warfare. And instead of kings and courts, things started to shift away from the established monarchies and started to look more like what we see today in the governments that rule most of the European countries. Question three. So I've done a lot of series so far in Daily Thunder. And so there's the World War II series, the Alfred the Great series, the Daring to Do a Stanley Dale series, the uh, Spiritual Lessons from Abe Lincoln's America series, the Becoming Brave series. What is the series that has stood out most to you personally? Really easy question to answer, actually. Uh, hands down, uh, Daring to Do as Stanley Dale has been one of the most transformative things in my life. Uh, I've listened to that series about three times now, and God used that in a huge way, not just in my life, but in the life of my family, uh, and that series has actually been a key piece of what God has done to move me and my family into uh, a missionary posture and some radical following in ways that we had never seen coming. So I have listened to all the series Prior to that, World War II, King Alfred, Daring to Do a Stanley Dale, Lincoln's America, Becoming Brave, etc. They're so good. It's like trying to decide who's your favorite child. They're all different, but they're all so good. But I'm going to pick a favorite in this uh, and just say just slightly, I'll say, because, yeah, as I said, love them all. But King Alfred, for me, was very special. And I just pictured the whole thing in my imagination to see it. And it was just fascinating to learn all about King Alfred and what happened during the time uh, in the 800s, I think it was. And um, just 
yeah, some very special messages in there. The mercy that he showed to Guthrum was great and the gospel just came out really well. What are my favorites? Oh dear. Like I said, I'm horrible at picking favorites. Um, there's some really dear ones and daring to do with Stanley Dale. Gotta love King Alfred. But I will say World War II kind of has a really special place in my heart. So I would have to say World War II and all of the episodes are incredibly worth it. Oh, asking me to pick which Daily Thunder series was my favorite was kind of like asking a dad to pick his favorite kid. Just really can't do it well. Uh, there has been a lot of inside humor in it because there's a lot of stands in these stories. And my middle name is Franklin. And so in World War II, I was Franklin Roosevelt. In uh, the King Alfred series, there's a character in there, Ethel Stan. So I identified with him. And then in the Daring to Do with Stanley Dale, well, that's my name too. So it was... I mean, it was tough to pick my favorite stand, but if I had to do anything, it would it would probably be the epic World War II series. There is just so much rich history combined with spiritual concepts and the way it synced up with world history as it was happening live here with COVID and riots and everything else of the anarchy going on in this country, that juxtaposition of good and evil and just that epic series, I think, is going to be tough to top. I'd say out of all of the lessons that we've listened to thus far in the Daily Thunder series, the favorite has got to be spiritual lessons from Abe Lincoln's America. Uh, I really liked the World War II one, um, more so because it opened doors for me to talk to other men in my community who um, just had never, never done any kind of daily study uh, of any sort, and so it kind of helped with that. Uh, but Personally, I really loved Lincoln's America. It was just great. Um, it's always good to investigate the life of somebody who ended slavery in any culture at any time, who stood for freedom and good and right. That is also very difficult to say because I have appreciated most of of them so far. The World War II and Alfred I am a missionary right now, and so many of the points that he brought out about Stanley Dale, those fit my life very well. I I relate a lot to Stanley Dale and his desire to reach the unreached people groups. I would say that probably King Alfred was was my favorite. The the first series about World War II and King Alfred were probably my two favorite. The things that he brought out about Alfred was the redemption, the qualities of redemption, especially with the um, the Viking military conquerors who came over and how he redeemed, in a sense, he redeemed him and he cha was changed when he came into contact with the gospel. Another aspect of that is the leadership that he showed and the determination to do what was right and how, in a sense, God used him as a one man to maintain the whole nation of of the Anglo-Saxons that was the like he was the one person who maintained the the whole country from being taken over by the Vikings in the um in that era and it just shows us that one man can make a difference one of my favorite series that Eric has done so far 
has been the Spiritual Lessons from Alfred the Great. That series was really impactful to me. Um, and I was really fascinated by it, partially because I really just love obscure periods of history. And so because we don't know much about that time in history, it was really intriguing to hear about a character who lived during that time. And I was just really encouraged and inspired by the way that Alfred responded to the time in history in which he lived. And I especially loved his response to Guthrum, which if you have listened to the series, then you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, then I don't want to give anything away, but maybe it'll whet your appetite to go back and listen to that series. Uh, So I just was really inspired by his response, which was so not how I think anybody in the flesh would respond to such a situation. But he really rose above and walked in the light of the truth and that was really encouraging and I appreciated getting to getting to know that about Alfred the Great. Question four. So I've had a lot of mispronunciations in this series. Which is the one that was your favorite? A favorite mistake in pronunciation uh, you've caught in my delivery of this series so far. As far as favorite mispronunciations, I think it does have to be the uh, inexorable force. <laughs> um, pro- probably just because it is the, the title of the episode. Um, also, my, my runner-up to that would definitely be the French wearing uh, the red kepis um, instead of kepis. Both of those I, I enjoyed quite a bit. <laughs> Favorite mistake in pronunciation? Uh, well, <laughs> there's been a few. You said... I think Wilhelm pretty pretty good. Um, you refer to it as William. Um, that that worked well. Wilhelm is fine, and uh, I think I've looked it up to say some people might say Wilhelm, um, but I think Wilhelm is totally fine. And someone said Zilhelm, which I think that's wrong, but someone's put it out there uh, on the World Wide Web. So I don't really know. But the one that made me laugh was the former Chinese prime minister at that time, uh, Lu Zhengjiang. Um, that's how I would have said it. And uh, yeah, just put put a bit more Chinese accent on Lu Zhengjiang. Uh, I enjoy doing that. But uh, that, that made me chuckle a little bit. <clears throat> what is a favorite mistake in pronunciation that I have caught? I... I don't know if I have a favorite one, but I will say it definitely makes listening to the series more engaging. And as a person who also struggles with pronunciation of things, I'm just glad to know I'm not riding the struggle bus alone. My favorite mispronunciation so far is the Kaiser Wilhelm. And really, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. I'm not a German speaker, but I like the fact that he just became William, and and maybe by the end of the series, he'll just be Bill. We'll have to wait and see. Well, here's the thing. I preach the Bible every single week from the pulpit here in Wisconsin, and I am pretty much consistent at butchering every biblical name on a regular basis. So it wouldn't be fair of me to sit in a place of critique of Eric's mispronunciations in the series. So just keep on keeping on, my friend. Um, as far as Eric's uh, propensity to to uh, mispronounce things. Well, I, it, 
I mispronounce things all the time. So it doesn't really bother me. I'm kind of impressed. When I, w- I learned a long time ago that whenever somebody mispronounces a name or a topic or a word, they probably learned that word reading. And so you ought to have a little bit of respect that they have read, uh, that they learned most of what they know by reading. So I just figure that's what Eric's doing. I would say that the one that, that jumped out at me was just in the uh, Francis Fury or Fury of France. Number five you had listed on that on that series. And it says Fury Francaise, but you pronounced it Fury Francois on the French Fury, the part seven there. You pronounced Fury Francois, and that's uh, it's actually a, a guy's name. <laughs> But you uh, it, you wrote it right. It's called the Fury Française. I do not speak French or German, and so a lot of the mispronunciations in French and German names, I have some sympathy for because I myself would not know how to pronounce them. Uh, I do know that they're probably not correct, but I wouldn't know how to guide Eric in pronouncing them correctly. So really, the only mispronunciation that's really stood out to me was this Greek guy, the historian Thucydides, who I'm pretty sure Eric called Thucydides or something, which is close. So it's not that bad, but that one was, I just smile a little bit at that one because I could appreciate the mispronunciation. Otherwise, I'm just like... Keep trying, Eric. You're doing well. I again want to say thank you to all of you that participated in this. Just great stuff. Uh, Very encouraging, delightful, funny. uh, And so it warmed my heart. I just want to say thanks for that. If any of you out there are staying up with these series and would like to participate in a next go around or maybe even with Nathan's uh, Soul Drift series, then I want you to send an email to feedback at ellersley.com. That's feedback at ellersley.com. And just let us know of your interest. Just say, hey, I'd like to weigh in on Nathan's series next time you guys do one of those bonus episodes. It doesn't need to be some particular phrase. I'm sure we'll recognize it when it comes in. But let us know of your interest, and then we'll stay in touch with you about that and see if we can coordinate it. All right. Uh, so before we finish, though, I want to finish uh, with a few little bonus things that were thrown in by some of our participants. And we'll just sort of go out uh, with that. Uh, pretty special stuff. So, hey, guys, we'll see you next time. God's blessings. I, I have loved this series. This series has been, I, I think, an, an unexpected uh, joy and just a life-giving thing that has come at exactly the right time. There have been so many things uh, that God has used in this current series to change the way that I think about warfare, to to bring about new life, uh, to bring about um, a readiness uh, and excitement, and all that through the lens of of understanding World War One through this spiritual lens, and I, I think that may be one of the things that I have come to love and appreciate so deeply about Daily Thunder uh, and the series uh, that Eric does here is these historical perspectives on warfare that translate in ways that I wouldn't expect, that I I, I wouldn't have even thought to look for, 
uh, into the Christian life and what it is that we do, what it is that we are supposed to do, and that in in looking at Scripture, it's a thing that you know I've 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 done for years, but looking at just history in that way, um, thinking of spiritual lessons from the life of uh, King Alfred or uh, Alfred the Great. That one did the same thing in surprising ways for me. Um, it has been an immense blessing listening to and following through this series. Taking the time to listen to Daily Funders. I know sometimes it can be easy to throw on a quick podcast that's like 15 minutes long, but even if you have to listen to break up a 15-minute podcast into 15-minute sections, I find the spiritual depth within Daily Thunder to be so sweet and so refreshing and such a dear challenge to my soul that sometimes reminds me of some of the basic things that I forget in the midst of a challenge or they just meet me in that right place in the midst of something hard. Daily Thunder is very much like a cool cup of water for the soul. Uh, both my wife, Erin, and I have so enjoyed these first episodes in this series. Uh, not only are we learning all the intricate details and significant events in world history and how they've shaped the modern world, but more importantly, they showcase practical lessons and application points for how our spiritual lives can be won or lost. Uh, we're big fans. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Thanks for listening.